Pulp MX Network Production. You cast me, I'll complete me till What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? All right, welcome back to another episode of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show for episode 392 with Kenny Watson and Kyle Bentley in studio of course, the Pulp MX wrap-up show is brought to you by BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Racetech Engines and Suspension, Michelin Starcross Fives, Maxima Oils, X-Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, Works Connection, OGO Bags, Ride Engineering, Atlas Brace, FMF Racing, Roost Graphics, W Wheels, Guts Racing, Get Data, Firepower, Batteries, and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit Hand Cleaner, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, and LAHondaWorld.com. I am Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show. Um, supposed to have Daniel Blair on tonight. He is dead to me now. He has ghosted me. So, you know, he clearly hates the Pulp MX Show. Um, yeah, so it's time to be for him to be boycotted. But on the line, brought to you by WSA who provides the best quality wheels in the business. Whether you race professional supercross or just a weekend warrior, W has the wheels for you. W can even restore your old wheels. So visit WUSA.com and let John and Kristen Anderson take care of you. WUSA brings you Raining Yellow. What's up, Raining Yellow? What's up? Uh, you know, the fact Daniel you know, goes to this, you know, I think that Eagle Grit might be now Eagle Shit. Yeah, he, he may be out. You know, maybe he's out catching eagles. I don't know. I want to give him the benefit <laughs> of the doubt, but you know, right now, right now, I'm a little heated with Daniel Blair. But also on the Absolutely. line, if you're looking for a high performance seat cover and foam, Guts Racing is it for you. Andy Gregg and Guts Racing is providing seat covers for many of the best riders and the top teams in the sport. So visit Gut Racing GutsRacing dot com today, and Guts Ra- Guts Racing brings you Snap On Dan. What's up, Snap On Dan? What's happening? Hey, you know, uh, DB is a, a good friend of mine, so I'm uh, picking up the slack as a wingman here. Yeah, I appreciate you answering literally, literally last minute. <laughs> um, no, I'm just busting D- Daniel's balls. I'm sure he's going to have a good excuse, but we don't need to let him hear the end of it. Um, he, hell, he may beep in a little bit, and we may try to do this with three people, but honestly, I'll probably just tell him, nah, forget it. We don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, snap on down. You've been on before, but Rainy Yellow, this is your first time on the wrap-up show. Um, yeah. You know, you've seen me getting some heat lately for this show, and you are no uh, stranger yeah. to getting a little bit of heat and hate from the the listeners. You know, honestly, if they didn't get, you know, if they didn't care, they wouldn't bother to call. They wouldn't, have, you know, put the energy into the call that they do. So... You know, at, at the end of the day, they're, they're either listening or familiar or talking about the wrap-up show. Uh, yeah, right on. As, absolutely. You know, as long as, long as, you know, what I say, uh, any publicity is good publicity. So, yeah, if they want to talk shit. True. You know, I had my little my little rant Monday night, and we're going to get to that at some point. But, um, uh, yeah, so, hey, before we get started, Rainy Yellow, um, how many years have you been involved with listening and calling into the Pulp Show? You know, uh 
I'm actually a first-time caller, long-time <laughs> listener. Okay. Uh, no, <laughs> but uh, it was, I want to say, was it 2013 uh, when Stu, shit, maybe 12? When uh, when you ditched JGR and, and rode that Suzuki outdoors. Okay, so that's when you started calling you know, uh, so I want I want to say that was probably 12 or 13, 12? Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. 13, I think. So, yeah, uh, the love for James and uh, found Pulp MX and, and yeah, fan ever since. Awesome. Now, I'm going to kind of uh, throw something at you guys that I didn't tell you about ahead of time, and I'm going to start doing this each week. I want you to rank, give a rating, uh, you know, A, B, C, D, or F, fail, like a school grade rating for episode 390. Dan, uh, mm-hmm. let you go first. Uh, I'm going to say a, a C plus. C plus. Okay. Hmm. So yeah, it, was a, it was a good show, but, um, I, I enjoyed some of the insight that Kenny and, and Kyle brought, yeah. you know, as far as some of the behind the scenes stuff, but, um, yeah, no, it was, it was a good show, but it wasn't my favorite. Okay. How about you writing yellow? I was going to say C. Wow. Okay. Um, I mean, no, you know, uh, it just—I feel like with you know, no offense to Watson, you know, God bless the guy, but uh, I feel like when he's on, it's just there's, know, there's a lot of negativity and and uh, bitterness that comes out, and uh, I don't know. I'm not trying to listen to that shit. Okay. Well. Here's here's something for me, and and I don't know the the personal relationship. I'm sure that Steve and Kenny go way back, but as a listener not knowing their personal relationship when when Kenny talks back to Steve, I'm sure he's joking, but as a listener, it sounds I don't know, it's like it's kind of disrespectful. Yeah, there's I mean I, the, yeah. there when I first started listening, I'd go back to some old shows. There was definitely some negative vibes. Um uh, I think that is just Kenny's sense of humor, honestly, because he mentioned on the show that he found out about being on pulp from me and we kind of went through that whole thing. He, you know, he he sent me a text and he was like, "I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Fuck that guy." And at first, I, I was really taken aback because it was like, "Oh shit, there's some heat here." But he was just joking. And I think that's just his sense of humor. And you know, a lot of people love him, and a lot of people don't like him. But that's part of what makes Pulpamex show go around is the different characters. Um, let's get into the beginning of the show. Kind of opened up with just some free talk between Kenny and Steve and Kyle Bentley, um, and one of the topics that stretched out through the night started at the beginning of the show about uh Christoph Porcel not paying bonuses to Kyle mm-hmm. and that went throughout the show um that's that was pretty heavy to me that a rider you know we've always heard some stories about Christoph and have been being strange and you know having some attitude issues but not paying um a mechanic a bonus with you know what 19 wins that's that's pretty heavy uh what do you think snap on Dan yeah, it's definitely strange. I mean, because there's obviously a standard that's set with the riders paying the mechanics some kind of bonus um, or spiff for working for them. And, you know, those guys put in a lot of hours that people don't realize. And uh, Purcell, he's an odd duck anyways. So it doesn't surprise me that he did not pay a bonus, but it, it's kind of surprising, you know, and another fact that, hey, this guy – you got a guy busting your balls for you, but you're not going to pay him, you know, when that is the standard. And I don't think there's really any good excuse. He can't say, well, I didn't know I was supposed to pay him, 
you know, just from sounds of it, it sounds like that they sat down, you know, to try to hash that out, and he still didn't get paid. So that, right. was, that was definitely strange. Yeah. How about you, Raining Yellow? Um, the, the, I think it, it all, when the story was mentioned about how the, the tire guy, I think, came in to talk to him about tires, and he says, you know, I, I don't, I don't, Talk to you. Talk to my talk to my mechanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, for some reason, I have to do the accent with it. But uh, that <laughs> that that character, that that kind of uh, personality, is absolute. I don't give a shit how good you are on the dirt bike. I know the fact, and he's doing well. You need him, but at the same time, I want to say that's a shitty human being. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally got that vibe, and I, um, you know, it was a hundred percent from every industry rider they talked to throughout the night uh, that all said they did pay bonuses. Um, so he seems to be one of the only ones that we have on record. But yeah, I thought that was pretty. Um, it kind of made it, you know, a little entertaining thing throughout the night to keep going though with each person that came on to talk about it. And just so everybody knows, um, I did just get a text from Daniel Blair who is ready to go. Um, Dan, I'm going to keep you on for a few Throw more minutes, and then I'm probably going. To, we'll take a little break, and I'm going to go ahead and let Daniel come on. Um, so ho- hopefully, you're not mad at me for uh, cutting no. short. For, for now fi- you're on his list. Now I'm on snap on Dan's <laughs> list. There goes my uh, there goes my digital uh, torque wrench. I'm trying to work on. <laughs> All right. But uh, let's let's continue. Um, all right. So another topic that came up pretty quick was uh, Mark's crashing on the Blue Crew. Uh, Steve says it was too much bike for Marks. This is some of my, although I love the interviews with the riders, this inside stuff, uh, Steve and his buddy, Stephen Kiefer, Stephen Marks, Stephen, uh, you know, the, the, the inside, t- uh, text messages, the group text messages, when they talk about that stuff, that's some of my favorite stuff. So busting on Marks, so Marks crashing the blue crew, uh, and being stuck under the bike or, you know, the jokes about that. That's some of my favorite stuff. Um, what about you, Rainy Yellow? What do you think about Mark's crashing the Blue Crew and just the the personal stuff? Right. Yeah. Sorry for jumping in there. No, that's uh, fine. I, you know, but I, I I've been thinking about this lately. Why Pulp is what it is? It's it it's it's the personality. It's it's real. It's real people. It's real. You feel as if you're listening to your own buddy shoot the shit. Right. And I think that's the genuine reason, you know, the the genuineness of it. But um, where are we going with it? I'm sorry. Just now, just that's that's what I needed uh, to know from you. How about you, Snap on Down? Where does that kind of stuff rank for you? The 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 non industry stuff, maybe the this the personal life, joking and buddies. Well, it, it's the content that yeah. people that people starve for. We see what goes on it. You know. Uh, on TV and at the track and on Vital and everything else, but the the content that the, the behind the scenes stuff that is what that's what we want that's what we like so you know no matter what it is that is very valuable and yeah. I, I love listening to that I like hearing it um, the stories and because like what Rain Yellow said it you know it's bringing reality there we're all just real people you know but. Absolutely. That really gives them the opportunity to show that, and uh, it brings you know, as a as a listener or just an average Joe, you can relate to what they're talking about because they're real people. 
And right. I think mm-hmm. that's what's what's way cool, you know. All right, so I'm going to do exactly what Steve told me not to do, which is pretty much what we do every episode anyway. Um, I want both of your opinions on if you had to choose between an interview with Adam Ciancerillo or Kenny Roxon or, say, you know, an hour show, a show an hour long with Steve and, and an industry writer like that, or an hour of him just shooting the shit with JT about, you know, whatever you know and you know like you know like the review show where they're basically just talking amongst themselves about what they do on a day-to-day basis what would you rather hear raining yellow what would be more interesting to you uh, i mean unless it was stew on that's <laughs> a whole another deal yeah but uh you know what's funny with jt is jt is a unique personality and it, when i was uh you know first beginning to listen i kind of thought now this guy's kind of a dick you know but ooh, you, 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 as a listener, you know, you begin to, to, to pick up on these personalities and enjoy them and really kind of learn about the actual human. And uh, I'm going to go with the hour of JT and Steve because it's just, it's entertainment. Right. Yeah. And there's, there, you know, Dan, there's only so many questions and topics you can cover with these riders about their program and their race. And it really yeah, it, it gets old. kind of comp- repetitive. But what, what would be your pick, Dan? Probably, uh, probably JT and, and Steve, or you know, some other insider having the conversation. Unless it depends on really on the guest, because sometimes I feel like when Steve has a really good guest, somebody that speaks really well, like like AC, I feel like sometimes those guys get cut short a little bit or chattery. Yeah, I love listening to interviews yeah. and stuff from those guys. But I'm sure I know that they're on a time frame, and you know, Steve doesn't want to take up their time. But sometimes I feel like. I was cut short, and, I, and I'm, I'm left wanting more. So okay. it really would depend on what guest. Um, I would say as a general whole, I would rather listen to Steve, you know, and, and JT or somebody else, Keeper, just shoot the shit, you know? Sure. All right, I'm going to hit one more topic from the intro, the, the beginning of the show with you guys before we let Dan go. Um, you know, Kyle uh, Bentley is talking, but the fantasy comes up, of course. Um, <laughs> Kyle says, I got Savachied. Um, and, and during that discussion of uh, Joey Savacci, Kenny Watson says, you know, is he going to be a factory rider next year? And Steve mm-hmm. says, I think so. Kenny's response is how, um, you know, coming from a guy that was, you know, a team manager, uh, uh, you know, or heavily involved with RCH, you know, he's a guy that should know how the industry works. I think that's a legitimate question. Uh, you know, look, Joey had a pretty good Supercross season, and then outdoors is not going well. Fantasy people are just hating on Joey because of fantasy. But do you think that's a legitimate response, uh, Dan? That like how? I mean, do you? I mean, look, Joey. We know Joey's got talent. I mean, what do you think? No, I, I don't. I, I mean, that's silly. I mean, Savachi, and and I'm I've not been the biggest Savachi fan, and mm-hmm. everybody knows I bleed green. Yes, but, I do. Uh, he has put in results. He got good results in Supercross. Um, he's had some good starts uh, to the motocross series. Um, he's put in results. I'm not sure exactly what's going on with the bike or if they're doing some testing, they're pulling him in, or, you know, <laughs> these weird little things. But you gotta, you got to remember that this guy is on his way out, and he knows he's on his way out. Like it or not, he could he could tell you till he's blue in the face that I'm putting in 100%. There's no way that, you know, 
of course, he's trying to secure a ride for next year. But they're, they're, I think Joey Savacci, I think the ceiling is, is pretty dang high for that guy, okay. to be honest. I agree. I agree. Uh, Rainy Yellow, quickly, give me a, give me your thoughts on that. You know, should he – It was Kenny kind of out of line a little bit by by questioning the factory potential of Joey Savacci? I don't think he was out of line. Uh, you know what? If we would have gone back a couple years in the 250 class with Joey when he was, you know, doing a lot better, but but his last 250 season was subpar. And yeah, he's shown shown glimpses. Uh, uh, I give him one more year, though. So yes, I'm gonna say yes, one more year. Okay, all right, on, we're gonna on a good ride. All right, we're gonna take a, a quick little break, and we'll get Daniel on, and we will be right back. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. All right, we are back. Uh, we do now have uh, the one and only Daniel Blair from Eagle Grit and, of course, Supercross. What's up, DB? What's up, guys? Sorry about whatever. Uh, and I accept whatever you've said about me. I'm assuming it's pretty bad. No, it was all nice. <laughs> all right, let's move on. What's up? Uh, well, we, we've only gotten a little ways into the show so far. And, and Daniel, I know that you, uh, you're you not a full-time – you don't catch every minute of the Pulp Show, so – um, I, you know, once I bring up the topics, you'll, you're smart enough. You'll be able to give us some opinions. And, um, um, so what we're going to jump into right now is Watson and Steve and Kyle Bentley, they, they start discussing Kenny Roxon. big topic in the industry right now, obviously what's wrong with Kenny. Kenny says they don't know, do they know, but, um, you know, Kenny seems to think it's from the antibiotics from the Lyme. I've heard Steve talk about that before. Uh, Kyle Bentley made the comment he doesn't think Kenny was ready to come back, um, but when he's on, he's the best guy in the in the field. It was was Kyle's opinion? Daniel, you're you're a little bit inside. Um, I don't know if you have any info, but what do you think about their their thoughts on Kenny and what's going on right now? Oh man! Well, first, as far as Kenny himself and whatever sickness he's going through, I'm super bummed about it because you hate to see one of the top guys not able to perform to the level that he's capable of, especially when you have a championship or a potential championship battle that I thought was brewing. I mean, I, I, I was ready to to watch these two guys duke it out to the end. And then, of course, we get back into the heat and everything kind of shuts down, which is, you know, JT kind of has been predicting that actually for a while. Like, hey, just calm down. Don't yeah. get too excited until we get into the hot stuff. Then we'll really know. And <laughs> so as far as the fan of the outdoors, which I've been more this summer than ever, you guys know. I'm <laughs> bummed. Like, I mean, man, we're talking about a title fight here. Like, it would have been incredible. We're talking about the two-time reigning champ versus the guy who won the championship before that, and just the way it was shaping up. And now, obviously, that's all kind of changed. So, as a fan, I'm bummed, and I'm bummed for Kenny. I'm extremely confused by it, um, to be honest, though, because. But on one sense, you hear that he doesn't know what it is, but then you kind of hear that it might be the antibiotics from the Lyme. This has been going on since March, I think yeah. it was, when it started. Yeah, well, yeah. And I just, I, I, I'm, I'm baffled that on one hand they don't know, on one hand they think it might be this, but if it was that, you would assume that after three months that would have been cleaned up, and maybe rest is all that's really needed. I don't know. I, I, I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. It just, it's really confusing. Um, in my opinion, and I, I could imagine those guys probably were pretty confused too. I wish I would have listened longer. I actually listened to the first probably twenty minutes of the show, and then I just got backed up. But what what did Watson say? That's all I really care about. 
You know, Watson had a lot of interesting things to say throughout the night. Um, but honestly, he wasn't as um, out there as you would expect, I think. You know, um, as far as on this subject, he, he didn't really say a lot about Kenny. Um, Kyle was really the one that the, the, the statement that kind of caught me by surprise was say, Kyle saying that Kenny is the best guy when he's on, like even better than Eli. And Steve Steve's comment was, yeah, um, Kenny's more consistent than Eli, which I can see that. Um, Rainy Yellow, what do you think about that? Do you think Kyle's right? Uh, well, let's say we're talking about Ken Rocks and we're talking about consistency. Uh, there's no consistency. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, yeah. Go there's ahead. no consistency, but obviously he worked with him and has a relationship, so he's biased, understandably. But yeah, I, exactly. What's interesting is I did. I start hey after Daniels on the show. I started listening to some main event moto, right? Right. And I heard Stank Dog's opinion, and <laughs> I, that's hard not to lean that way. I mean, if we don't have answers and no one understands, usually it's because you, it's something that you don't maybe want to say. They don't want to put know. it out there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I know the guy's been through hell and back, so it's like to, to do what he's doing, they've had to give him, God, I don't know, you know? No, I, I know where you're coming from. Uh, yeah, and yeah, we're not, not going to know. Uh, we may never know the truth. They'll probably keep it under wraps. But, yeah, uh, Daniel, Kenny, Kenny wasn't, sure. like, super uh, out there on any of these topics. There, you know, there are some things later where he kind of starts busting Steve's balls here and there. Um, Kenny was hitting the microphone constantly. Um, picking at his teeth. Apparently, well, I was watching on Facebook, so he was picking at his teeth. Steve was getting aggravated, and Kenny just didn't give a shit. Um, typical, you know, typical stuff from them too. But um, the next big topic that they got into, and this is another hot topic from Redbud, and it's been going on since uh, Colorado was AC getting penalized. The theory, the the what Steve thinks and Kenny thinks, and even Kyle thought was this was just like a makeup call, basically. Um, whether AC actually did anything wrong or not, it didn't matter. They were just making up for the other call. Um, you know, they, they discussed uh, Dylan Ferrandis at Southwick. Kyle Bentley talks about people cutting the yellow markers all the time. Um, you know, Nichols uh, had, had some issues, a couple different issues. It's a judgment call. The whole thing, all the rules with the AMA are a judgment call. Kyle says he hates John Gallagher. He, he told he told a story about some is, issues he had when uh, Brian Deegan was there. A uh, lot, lot of different stuff. So there's a lot of issues with this. This was like a really interesting topic to me, um, I, and I don't know how we fix this. Uh, Raining yellow. What did you think of uh, Kyle's and Kenny's responses to this whole AC thing? I'll, I'll just say before I even get my opinion is you remember years back when RV I forget where it was maybe his last year outdoors was. Went off track and hauled. God, he went mock speed off off course, and no one even said a thing. Yeah, maybe you guys remember that? Yeah, I, I remember. remember. Maybe. But anyways, um, here's the thing. So Star Yamaha must have pitched a fit, right? And well, I've heard according about, to Will Hahn, they did not. But yeah, it seems like they did. Well, of of course, of course. Um, like any stick and ball sport, when you're, they say like the home team advantage, right? When the crowd is going nuts, and they want a penalty, as a human being, that referee feels that. So, with that being said, when Yamaha was pitching a fit, whether right or not, 
it's human nature where they like like it's been mentioned where it's like, well, fuck, you know, we got to make up for that. Here it is, boom. Yeah. Um, but he did. It's so tough, man, because the banner the the banners are inconsistent with with getting on the track, and it's just it's tough. If no one's sure. there, haul ass. But it's a judgment call. It's okay. so tough. Well, let me get Daniel. You, you uh, let's get your opinion on this. Um, do you think you know? Like I said, Bentley and those guys think that it was ba- they were just making up um, for upsetting Star Yamaha in the past. So this one, they it was just they basically gave the two position penalty as a makeup to Star Yamaha. I wouldn't say it was just a makeup for. Star Yamaha as much as it was a makeup in reverse for Adam. I, okay. I don't think they were doing it. Oh, we better do something because Star was influenced to us. I, I really don't think it was because of them. Right. I think it was just because of Adam. And they went, you know what? We let you get away with the one in Colorado. We kind of understand the circumstances. But you did it again. And even though this one is similar, in my opinion, where I don't think he made up time, he definitely didn't lose the time that he Maybe should have, whatever. But it's a broken rule with broken penalties. And I do agree that the decision was based off of Colorado. There's no way it wasn't because in all sports it's that way. The NBA talks about it all the time, how mm-hmm. if a ref get, gives up a play and misses a foul call, dude, give it three minutes. They're going to give one back to the other team as just to, like, my bad. So I don't, again, think it was like, hey, we better do this for Star. It's more of like, look at him. You already did this once. You just did it again. We have to get you because you're you're kind of not learning your lesson. And the truth yeah. is, is, I'm with AC. At the same time, like I know, like you get off the track, made a little mistake. I don't think it was that bad what he did. But at the same time, this is the second time, and how? And it's almost like I guess you got to send a little bit of a message, like, hey, when you make a mistake and get off the track, you can't accelerate. You can't like you can't. And think about if they let this one go, and what happens in two weeks when he does it again? It's like, how many times are you going to let yeah. the guy get away with it? So yeah. I do agree they needed to do something to send whatever, and I and I do believe that maybe they told him after the first one, like, look, we're you know we're we're not going to be as lenient next time. So as much as I would love to get behind the idea that this was a hey star we got you kind of thing, I think it's more of a hey Adam knock it off kind of thing. That's my opinion. And do I believe that that's right and wrong? I, I don't know, but that's what I think it was. I think it was just a message to Adam to stop pinning it on the side of the track. Um, even if you gain a position, don't gain a position, look over, whatever. When you get up, pinning it, especially during a day when didn't the Honda, uh, the Japanese Honda dude, didn't he take out a flagger or took someone out on the same day? Uh, like, practice, right? You know? Yeah. It, exactly. It, so I, I, I get it, you know? Yeah, that happened in uh, practice. Uh, let me just Go ahead. add real quick is if Adam didn't do it so damn much, he might be able to get away with it. But the <laughs> fact, I think, the, the fact that the star thing lingering, it's human nature, and it's like, damn, he did it again. Like, how many times? It all plays that factor into it. Okay. Yeah, it, it's a combination of everything, but it definitely yep. was not, as Steve, uh, I think we talked about it on the review show, it was not in a vacuum. This is just like in the NFL. You can call offensive holding on every single play if you want to. They kind of pick and choose based on when it's blatant and when it's obvious. Yeah. And when you're Adam, I'm sorry, you're in the spotlight. You're the points leader. You happen to also be the guy who keeps going off the track all the time. This was a message set to stop doing that. And that's – I think it was. I don't think it had nothing to do with – 
less to do with Star as it does to do with Adam. Okay. All right. Let's move and on. as much as they say in a vacuum, sorry, oh, sorry, Dark Side. As much as they say in a vacuum, though, as long as a human being is making the call, it's always going to be, you know, effective. Question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on 100%. to the first, the first guest of the night. Uh, calling it was uh, Aaron Plessinger. Uh, Aaron made you know made his return at Southwick, so this Redbud was a second race. Um, and again, I know I, I'd like this to be a really heavy. Um, Kenny Watson episode, but just, uh, you know, really Kyle Bentley was a lot more active in this. And Kyle talked about, um, ask, ask AP, like, what was your mindset coming back? Um, you know, were you expecting to win? what you want to do? And Aaron Plessinger said, man, you can't go out there thinking you're going to crush. Uh, he basically just had to come back and build some confidence. Um, he was joking, Aaron, you know, being the guy that he is, he was joking about the fact that he wasn't even qualifying. He wasn't in after the first qualifier. And he said, I just had to laugh. Uh, Kenny Watson makes the, the, the comment that's probably going to be like a sound drop at some point, clippy, clippy, which was, uh, I guess, what he says when uh, it's time for a rider to go. Um, a- AP was a really good interview, Rainy Yellow. I know, Daniel, you haven't heard it. A um, couple other things to touch on real quick on that interview. Uh, here's one that really stood out to me. They asked Steve asked if Aaron and Barsha were still riding together, and he they are. Uh, and and Aaron says that it's really good for their confidence to be riding with guys like that. I think that's a key thing. Um, I think that's really good when personalities mesh up. Rainy Yellow, what do you think about Aaron Plessinger and um, the the content? I I thought it was good. I mean, Aaron is a genuine genuine dude, and he's. He is who he is, uh, you know, and he doesn't hide anything. And and the fact, look, I mean, let's face it, any job you go to, it's it's not what you're doing, it's who you're doing it with. And the fact that he can stay and hang out with Johnson, ride that track, that's, I mean, shit. To perform at your best, you got to have, you know, on that seventh day, it. it those six days and and you're and being happy and enjoying what you're doing and the people that plays a factor. So I think it's good for him. Yeah, Daniel. Uh, like I said, I know you didn't get to hear it, um, but him, Aaron talking about you know coming back and knowing that hey, I'm not going to go out there and crush it. Uh, kind of just laughing at the fact that in the first qualifier he wasn't in. Uh, that says a lot about Aaron's I think personality. You you've talked to him numerous times. Um, what do you think about that? You, is that a good thing to come back and not be super stressed out and feel like you got to go out and crush? Well, first off, I didn't hear the interview, but it doesn't take much imagination to think about what it may have sounded like. Aaron's pretty consumed <laughs> in his yeah. interviews. He's very funny, happy, nothing really gets him down, and he could probably even make a joke at him. I, I'm guessing he probably made jokes at himself because yeah. he's just absolutely how he is. Um, which is why everybody likes him, which is also why he's getting a major pass for his rookie season. Supercross wasn't going very good, and it finally turned around and he got hurt. Now he's back in outdoors, and it's not great. So, I mean, if you want to be real, as much as I love Aaron, he is like one of my favorite people in the sport. He is having like one of the worst rookie seasons I've ever seen (laughs) for somebody who's coming off of two titles. But the luxury for him is, He's easy to deal with. He's a good guy. There's a lot of potential, a lot of talent. And for him, he's locked into a long-term deal. So he doesn't have to come back and crush it. So 
again, that's why he can be this way and be silly and joke around about it because he knows that he's got time to right the ship. And I believe he will. He's just too good not to. And he's had a lot of bad luck along the way. But, again, when it comes to him, it's, it has been one of the worst rookie seasons I've ever seen by yeah. a two-time a, a reigning back-to-back indoor-outdoor champ. Um, but luckily for him, it's a combination of his contract, his personality, and potential. I don't think anyone's tripping, and I don't think they should. But it is funny how he gets a pass more than others, man. Some guys would not be getting a – you know, this, this kind of response for the season that he's had, but uh, it's a good situation for him. And ultimately, I think he's going to be okay, but, man, it, it's been pretty bad. Yeah. Let's say, thank God he's not Sabachi, huh? They'd have him on the roster. Right, right. Well, what though? That's part of the game, too. In this sport, you've got to be able to play it right, and you've got to make yourself likable. And some guys yeah. and their personalities will never get the pass because they're just not as likable. Aaron is... I don't. You can't not like him. If you don't like him, look at your neighbor. You're the problem. You are a. You have a serious <laughs> problem. He is so cool, and that's why he can get away with just how rough it's been. It's it, other people won't, but that's that's the benefit of being someone that's likable. If you're not yeah. likable, well, you don't get the pass because you suck, and nobody Pe- gives a damn. People like you know. I think people like people like good people, I and mean, when you know they say don't meet your heroes. Well, heroes Aaron Plessinger, not going to be let down. Yeah. Exactly. Let's move on to Brock Tickle. He was the next guest of the night. Uh, you know, with, with Kenny Watson and Kyle Bentley in studio, this was really like a uh, almost like a homecoming. Um, they, you know, uh, Kyle said that you know Brock was always our guy. He was the heartbeat of RCH. That's saying a lot. That came from Kyle Bentley. Um, th- there was a st- really funny story they were talking about, uh, Daniel. That. When they were trying to first hire Brock Tickle, Ricky said, or, uh, yeah, "Got to make this thing happen. Don't let him go leave without signing." Kenny was Kenny was the guy that went and tried to sign Brock Tickle. He tells this whole story about they're sitting in a car trying to make this deal happen because it was raining outside, um, and the numbers weren't right, and Brock wasn't feeling it. So Kenny just ripped up the contract and and, and didn't get him signed. Um, Pretty good stuff. I don't know if you know this story at all, uh, Daniel, if you've ever heard it. Um, but I, I can only imagine, like, I can visualize Kenny Watson and Brock Tickle sitting in a car trying to, to sign a deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Well, in, instead of commenting on that, if you don't mind, can I tell you guys a little story? About yeah, let's Kenny do it. Watson? Let's do it. Okay. We, we break the rules here at the wrap-up show. All right. Yeah. It'll be, wor- it'll be worth it. Okay. Um, in 2004... I raced uh, Supercross. I rode for LBZ. Uh, I got paid decent money to look kind of a little on the silly side with my studded belt and <laughs> inside the boot LBZ gear. Let's be clear. People still, I mean, I think Steve even, like, will, he will not back off from the fact that my LBZ gear was inside the boots, but it was. <laughs> so the next year, uh, I'm putting together a deal for me and my brother, and Kenny Watson's working for Utopia, and I go into his office, sit down. He offers me a deal. No problem, signed it, loved Kenny, it wasn't, whatever. He says, what are you doing about your gear deal? And I said, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm actually leaving here, and I'm going down to AXO and have a meeting with them. And he threw out a number. He's like, this is what you need to get from them. Go ask them for that. And it was way more than I was planning on asking for. Okay. And I'm like, bro, I, dude, I don't know. And he's like, trust me. You walk in there, and you throw that number out, and if they at all even blink, you just get up and walk out. And it never happened because I, so they do. They surprisingly just accepted what I threw out of them. 
But Kenny told me if they don't do it, don't even – he said, don't even say a word. You just get up and walk out and say, see ya. So I can't imagine Kenny being just unbelievable in a negotiation because he's got – he's a pretty dynamic person. And I just remember thinking back to that day, and I, I couldn't believe the number he threw out and then the way he told me to handle it if I didn't get what I wanted. So I, it totally makes sense. That that sounds like, I mean, very much like some of the discussions that towards the end of the show they talk about the RCH stuff. And that, that sounds like typical Kenny based off what they talk about. We're going to get to that here in a minute. Um, I want to move on to a different subject, Rainy Yellow, with Brock. Um, of course, the, the uh, stuff with the – the quote unquote doping or whatever with right, FIM right. comes up. Um, that's a you know a hot topic since Brock has been released. He, yeah. he, he made a lot of really good points. He, he brings up Christian Craig that basically it was. I think he said it was the exact same, um, the same thing that he was busted for, but yeah. they let him race. Uh, you know, right. and that kind of pisses Brock off a little bit. You know, you could, I could sure. understand that. Um, and Steve says, hey, the FIM fucked up by waiting a whole year to tell Christian Craig, so maybe they're trying to make up for that. Uh, they tried to backdate some stuff, apparently, with Christian Craig, where some things that were submitted, and they tried to backdate it. The whole thing just sounds corrupt. What do you think about that? That was some inside stuff that I hadn't heard before. Well, the fact, the fact, you know, the fact that anyone is going to challenge these guys the biggest name the sport has ever seen who even flew to, you know, to the... Hey, Rainy, uh, your phone's breaking wherever. up a little bit. Can you hear me? Yeah, a little bit. There's a lot of now? background noise somewhere. What about uh, now? Yeah, you're good. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. So the fact that he flew to Europe to meet with these guys, and we all know how the whole thing worked out. Um... It's just, it's so not professional. It's it's uh unorganized. And the fact that they dropped it's unorganized, and the fact that they dropped the ball with Christian. Um, do we know how long the contract with Wada is for? I have no idea, Daniel. No, I I have had a feeling eventually this to be redirected at me. <laughs> I have no clue. Okay. I have no clue how it even works with those with those people. Other than I know that I, I'm pretty sure Feld is contracted with the FIM, and then they fall under FIM. So I, I, right. I it's not like and I and I have heard that before. I don't I don't think this is so much as Feld can just cost water. Feld is I'm pretty sure connected with the FIM, and they are connected with WADA, and that's how it goes. So they're kind of stuck, from what I understand, and that's. I literally just said everything I know. That's as okay. far as, as far as I know. So, if you sign a contract with WADA, and and, and who's can't it, well, shit, I guess you can't breach the contract, but it's just I don't know. I think WADA is a is a WADA shit. Okay, I, I agree, <laughs> and I think everybody else would. Um, we're not going to stay on this topic too long because we've discussed it for weeks. Um, one other thing that Brock mentioned was. Like he turned in, uh, he could turn in another sample later on, but after he got busted, but if it wasn't from the same lot, quote unquote lot number, it wouldn't, the, the testing companies told him it, it wouldn't even matter. Like it, it, there's so, it sounds like there's so many factors that come into th- things that could contaminate a lot of whatever substance they're using, you know, whatever um, legal thing they're using, it could be co- corrupted by, Almost anything, it sounds like. Um, 
and it's just unfortunate. But we're going to move on. Um, Will Hall call, Will Hahn calls in. He's got a weekly segment now where he calls in every week. Uh, Daniel, I don't know if you were aware of that. Um, typical Steve and Will just kind of busting on each other. Um, Steve tells Will, "Congrats for getting AC docked." At which point Will says, "Hey." At which point Will says, "We never said a word uh, at this round. Who knows if that's true?" Um, but something that got brought up. This is a question to Will Hahn that I thought was pretty entertaining. I want to ask you about it, Daniel. Steve asked Will, "Did you ever get hurt um, when you weren't riding? So you're doing something else, whatever, something off the track, having fun, and then you make up a story so that your sponsors." think you got hurt while you were practicing and will says no the only time i ever got hurt everybody could see it because it was in a race basically which is pretty funny how about you daniel um, ever have a situation like that no i've never had an injury outside of actually racing i don't think i can't remember offhand yeah um but as far as the tactic of lying about it i mean of course that's probably what i would have to do i think i mean <laughs> okay. I mean, if you're a superstar celebrity athlete like uh, Madison Bumgarner, the I was just the giant, say that. Like, dude, he he got hurt riding a motorcycle, and he's got a yep. contract worth like twenty zillion dollars. Yeah, I, I think it's harder to maybe get away with it if you're him because people are around, whatever. But you know, in our sport, not everybody knows what you're doing, and if you're doing something silly, and I don't know, you're you're definitely going to probably lie about it. I, I would assume because you just. You don't want to call the sponsors and be like, hey, I was drinking out on the boat and I fell out of the boat and broke my arm. Like, you're not going to ever say that, ever. You're going to say it with something else. So I, I'm not surprised that that topic, I guess, came up. Yeah. And then as far as Will telling the truth, I lived with Will for a while, and he's a pretty silly, goofy guy, but he's also pretty honest. So yeah. I, I would – immediately I would first believe him, whatever he says, because I think he's very honest. Um, but you never know because again, I, it contracts on the line or whatever. I, man, I would lie for sure. I would, if it, if I was doing something dumb and got hurt, I would no Fair. question. I would. Right. I, I believe that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you kind of have to, um, a couple of little highlights. I'm just going to point out real quick with will, um, the star Yamaha's clearly have been getting amazing starts lately. So Steve asked, uh, Kenny and Kyle, do you guys think stars running a big bore? And will just says, yep, we are. That was pretty funny. Um, probably could could get him in some trouble, but I like the fact that he he threw in on the joke. Um, the no, la- he said that because he they definitely are not. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. But <laughs> it, but it made me laugh. That's the automatic. That's the automatic. No, we're not. When you say yeah, we are. That's like, of course we're not. Like yeah. protest us and we'll show you kind of thing. Mm. And again, a team of that level would never. Right. Never. Right. Never. Ever. Um. Another topic that came up while Will was on the phone, and Daniel, I think you guys discussed this on the review show, was Marvin Muscan getting stuck under his bike. Steve swears, oh, you could get out. Why didn't he just crawl out? Um, Will says, like, no, it's, you know, it's 200 pounds, and, and Marvin only probably weighs like 170. Who knows? Uh, you know, if you're getting burned, maybe you'd get out. Um, Steve says, no, just go away from the wheel that was spinning because uh, Will makes the comment. Man, the, the wheel was like pinned wide open. Yeah, if it's me, I'm not moving. Um, what do you think yeah. on the subject, Rain and Yellow? Like, uh, could Marvin have gotten out and, and his, or Steve just drunk? Steve, Steve, you know, I love Steve, but like paying for the fly racing, I think this one, uh, you know, for the fly racing summer thing, I think this kind of falls in that. Uh, Daniel, you're familiar with Carnegie, right? 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, we all are, right? Carnegie's a bitch. Okay, so, yeah. I've been, I've been stuck under my bike many times, and being the fact that, well, Marvin's obviously in shape. I'm not. But I've had to have a buddy fucking lift that thing off me because it's like, dude, um, it's it's 200 pounds. It's awkward. I, I think Steve, uh, I think Steve's tripping on that one. Yeah, I think he's wrong, Daniel. Um, hell, if he had tried to move and that rear wheel had caught, I mean, it's going to go. Sh- you know, it's it's going over him. Well, you know what? that I could change the wheel, the clutch, and the oil in 10 minutes. <laughs> I was wrong. Yeah. Um, yes, you were. But in order in order to find out, I had to try it. So I think there's a simple solution. Let's put Steve on his stomach. Let's rev up. Paul's bike. Is that what he calls it? Yeah. 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 Let's put Blue Crew right on him <laughs> while he's on his belly. Let's rev that thing up, spin that rear wheel. Go for it. And yeah. if you can get out, no problem, then we'll give you some props. But guess what? If that thing grinds up your back or the back of your leg or you can't get out, then you need to eat the ultimate crow. So, Steve, the only way to solve this is for him to go and do the exact same thing. Otherwise, there's nothing left to talk about. He needs to go do it. Yeah, actually, I love Steve, but maybe he – maybe you know, he's got that, uh, uh, I don't want to offend him, but the fat strength, man. Like, hey, I'm a skinny dude. I can't get it off me. Well, the fat strength. St- Steve, uh, Steve got called out on that on uh, Twitter today, and, and somebody told him he needed to do that. I'm sure it will not happen. Um, all right, so here's another topic on the discussion of Brock Tickle. They they were talking about it when JT was on the phone. Kenny Watson says, you know, if I'm a guy like Forrest Butler, um, I'd be on the phone with Brock. Uh, Kyle Bentley says, you know, you got to help help Brock out early in Supercross season in case of an injury. Uh, Steve says, yeah, I'd do that if I was J-Bone. So he's he's considering JGR for that. Kenny Watson, of course, says JGR needs to sign him. Um, you know, and he asked, would you sign Savachi? Kenny asked, would you sign Savachi or Tickle? Two guys that are, you know, as of right now, still looking for a ride. I don't think the Savachi thing's done. Um, so what do you think, uh, Daniel? Um, would would that be a good position for Brock to to be looking for, for a fill-in ride, quote-unquote? Yeah, that's a touchy one. Um, I, I mean, could easily take the this nice, sweet answer and just say, yeah, but I, I got to be a little harsh here on this topic. But when Brock got busted, this was the same year that he was riding for Factory KTM, Yep, the best team in the sport, working with Alden Baker, the best trainer in the sport. I mean, whether you agree with what he does or not, I'm sorry, but the record doesn't lie. The guy's not lost a Supercross title in like 100 years. Brock had everything at his disposal and was having, like, the worst year of his career results-wise. So it's one of those things where as much as I, like, remember him as a former champ and it, uh, just, a dude, a badass podium threat-type guy, this was, like, a year and a half ago, and he was not very good a year and a half ago. I agree. So if I'm one of these teams, I'm, like, intrigued. But I'm not rushing to sign him, and I'm not definitely picking him over Sabachi. Not even close. I wouldn't pick him over Steely who is also out there rumored to either be retiring or looking for a ride. So okay, That's... If, I'm, if I'm Brock, I'm, I'm definitely hunting for a ride, but I, I, I'm definitely not putting him at the top of my list. I mean, and not, and not for any reason other than the, his results a year and a half ago on the best program in the sport were really bad. So yeah. um, I, I say make him earn it and show it. And if he does, then, dude, I'd jump all in because the guy's a high character. I believe, I believe that this 
cheating thing is ridiculous. I don't think he was actively like trying to cheat. There's no way. I, I don't think so. Right. So character wise, um, effort wise, I mean, everything about him is very good, but at the same time, he didn't leave the sport on fire. So I'm, I'm not rushing to sign him. I, I'll, I'll, I'll take a wait and see approach. Um, that's just me. And as far as him versus Savashi, it's Savashi. It's not even. It's not even close. It's not even. I won't even spend one minute thinking about it. It's Savashi. Easy. Okay, I, I, and I agree. Uh, Raining yellow. So, like I said. Kenny, Kyle, and Steve all said that it would probably be a good thing. That as far as for a team manager, they should try to hire Brock as a fill-in. Um, so I, I I think as a team manager, that's actually a good probably a good option, but probably not a good option for Brock, as Daniel said. What do no. you think about it, though, Rain and Yellow? I uh, you know it's tough because at the end of the day, he still has that stigma for what happened. But I think I, I think. I think people sympathize with him, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, we've all seen Wilson, Barsha. Um, I think he needs to put a program together and spend some money and and show people, you know, some results. And then I think if he can show some results and actually, you know, it's going to cost a little bit of his own dime, but uh, I think that's what it's going to take because I'd sign Savachi. Yeah, I agree. All right, so we're going to move on from that. Uh Next guest was Ivan Tedesco, hot sauce. Um, the highlight for me, there's a lot of things to discuss, Daniel, um, but I want to just kind of move towards the end of the conversation. Kenny is talking about what kind of guy Ivan is. He tells a story uh, about them going to a concert where they dressed up like Kenny and Ivan put on like wigs and spandex, basically, and looked like 80s rockers, made these fake lanyards and snuck into a concert. He's basically, the idea of the story is, Ivan's a fun guy. Ivan didn't take everything super serious. He would go have a good time. Um, and that made for a really good interview. Um, you, need, you should go back and listen, Daniel, if you get a chance to the Ivan Tedesco interview, I think. Um, I didn't, I've never met Ivan, but I think, it, like I said, it was a fantastic interview. Um, what do you know about Ivan? I know Ivan pretty well. I mean, I've known him since I was a little kid. He was a year or so older than me, so as amateurs, I, I kind of knew of him. He was always a little bit of, above my age group. Um, but I actually don't know him that well as far as like maybe in a social setting or just kind of hanging out. I, I, I don't remember if I ever have. Maybe I have, but I know a lot of people that know him and all really like him, not just for like being a guy who has a good time, but just genuine guy, I think, a really good dude. And I mean, I know Kenny and him go way, 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 way back. I mean, back, I guess, probably the Plano Honda days, I guess, is when it started. And so I can imagine them having a lot more stories, a lot more fun. But Ivan does come across very serious. From, from what I understand, that that was more just how he handled his business at the races. I, I, I think, from what I know, he's a pretty cool dude and pretty fun guy. Yeah, I thought it was a great interview. Rain and Yellow, you did get to listen. Uh, just give me a quick thoughts on Ivan's interview. Um. It was good, honestly, uh, but I think I think the proof is in the pudding. If you're hanging out with Kenny Watson, <laughs> you got to be a pretty wild character, right? Yeah. Um, again, during this interview, because they're such good buddies, Kenny was trying to talk a lot and um, kept interrupting. So Steve and, and Kenny kind of got into it a little bit. Steve told him to quit interrupting. <laughs> Kenny basically said he's going to do what he wants to do. Um, so that, that was some of the stuff we're looking for between those two, and it carried on towards the end of the show. Ex-Brand Tariffs comes up. A um, couple good questions here. Uh, one of the questions from Moser to Kenny Watson is, whose balls does Steve gargle the most? Oh. Um, and Kenny's answer <laughs> is Weege. Um, 
I don't know if I agree with that. What do you think, Raniella? You're a longtime listener. Oh, I got to disagree. Um, gargle the balls. Um, shoot, that's a tough one. Um, I guess. I mean, it changes. Gotta be, yeah, it changes, though. So, uh, but I know he loves AC and, and Zacho, so let's, uh, you know what? Bill, hell. Let's just say Daniel Blair. <laughs> no. How about you, Daniel? not true. What do you think, Daniel? Phil or Amart? Yeah, yeah, Phil's a good one. Probably Phil. I think I think I think I think Steve's on the troll train uh for sure. But I think he loves him some Phil, man, for sure. Without question. I it's gotta be Phil. Okay. I, I think let that's me, actually let a pretty me say good this. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty I'm gonna say uh Alex Ray. He's... No, he he smashes Alex all the time, man. <laughs> No way! It's Phil. It's Phil. Yeah, I would. I would have probably said AC, but I think Phil's really a good, uh, a good one too. Um, Steve, asked, you know, they asked Steve what would be a good fit for Kenny Watson right now if he was to come back into the industry. Um, and Kyle Bentley and Steve both said, you know, to a team that needed um, anyone that needs an, somebody to do an activation, that's where really Kenny seems to excel. Um, what do you think, Daniel? With what you know about Kenny, is 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 that probably is there a good spot for Kenny right now in the industry? Yeah, you should take Gallagher's spot. <laughs> good one. Yeah, I like it. Could you could you imagine Kenny Watson as the race director for the FIM? Oh my God, it would be incredible. That would be incredible. No, no, they're right. Activation for sure. Kenny has a gift, man. He is. He's good in a group. He's yeah. good with people. I, I mean, I, oh god, that just reminds me of something, man. I'd save that for another another time. But okay, Watson once uh, sort of was our band manager for like one night, and I cannot <laughs> oh. begin to tell you how gnarly he was with the show promoter. Yeah, it was way way uncomfortable how hard he was on the show promoter. So uh, yeah, anyway, maybe an agent, maybe an ah no, because he's too harsh. He's no. Yeah, activation for sure. Okay. He'd have to be something where he's just with the group. He's not like he's more having a good time and directing like the fun and getting people involved and doing stuff like the Moto Triple X stuff, dude. He yeah, was, exactly. He was the he was the mastermind behind all that stuff, and it was just he was he, he was built for that role, no question. Yeah, that the story that you said you're going to say for another time that might be a good uh, a good story to say for your new project, the main main show for your app. I think that that's that's where that might fit. Yeah, barely even on that one, man. It's uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's definitely past NT seventeen. Oh, we're, right, we're right on. The, the double the double R, so yeah, probably for that. But man, Watson is a delight, though. Yeah, but again, he, I think he's got a place in the sport. I do too. Um, I wish he was around more. I kind of it bums me that he's not around more. He's got to take care of himself and do what he's got to do. But Kenny's awesome, man. He, I mean, he's if you look back at the last 15, 20, 25 years of the sport. I mean, he's pretty influential. He's been involved with a lot of people, a lot of teams, a lot of riders that went on to do some great things. We're talking championships as a team, you know, as part of the team, uh, you know, even his relationship with Ivan and his championships. Yep. Kenny is way more influential than people give him credit for. Um, yeah. But I, definitely to carve out a perfect role, it, it's the activation and just being with the crowd and getting people involved and trying to get people to uh, – 
be a part of what you're trying to promote. He's, he's, there's no one like him. No way. I agree. Let's touch on some of these sponsors just real quick. Uh, we're, we're running a little long here. Uh, BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Racetech Suspension and Engines, Michelin Starcross 5, Maxima Oil, X-Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, Works Connection, Atlas Brace, FMF Racing, Roost Graphics, W Wheels, Guts Racing, Get Data, Firepower, Battery and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit Hand Cleaner, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, LAHondaWorld.com, OGO Bags, and Ride Engineering. All these sponsors make all the Pulp Shows happen, so please go to PulpMXShow.com. You can click on all the sponsor links. There are discount codes for most of the sponsors there. Support the, the people that support Pulp MX. Even if you don't like this show, they support the main show, so you got to get in there. Um, okay, like I said, we're running a little bit late, so uh, I wanted to hit the Race Tech rant. Uh, we had a caller. Well, Steve, great. Steve did not have a race tech rant this week, Daniel, which is amazing. But he had some callers that did. The one that stood out to me, besides mine, um, was a caller was complaining about other callers who call in and they say their thing and they say let they say let me say one last thing and they just keep going, they keep going, they keep going, and they burn time. Um, and this was the, also the guy that said that Dark Side's wrap up show needs to go away. But I liked his first point. <laughs> So, uh, Daniel, what do you think about that? When you do listen, uh, is this guy right that some of the callers need to check themselves? Uh, Yeah, well, because there's some callers that are like characters on the show. They call Raining Yellow, you're one. There's guys that call all the time. (laughs) You know who they are. They have a a character on the show. And I think there's some out there that want that so bad. So that's what those are the ones that are trying to get that last thing in there or whatever. And hey, and if you're going to be a good caller and bring something to it, then you yeah, then I think that you have a place on the show because Steve likes to open up the lines and have people communicate. And that's that's what makes this show unique. Uh, but yeah, there's a few that just don't get it. Yeah. I guess you would say, but I don't know. I'm not going to judge like that. I'm not. I don't listen every week, and I'm obviously not in the host chair where I have to deal with the caller. Um, so I don't think it's a big problem, but I, I've, I've been on there enough to know like there's some calls that come in that are just like, okay, where are you going with this? <laughs> right, are you just right, wanting right. to hear yourself on the show? And then some bring stuff or bring their character, and it's it's a it's a great you know great piece. So I, I ride the fence on that. Unfortunately, okay. I'll be political. I think it's okay, but at the same time, some people just don't get it. You know, Rainy Nelly, you're you're a regular caller, and you get yeah. you get the negativity and the hate uh, messages. What do you think about this guy's rant? Because it does pertain to you and I. You know what, though, I I, I agree with him because yeah. and here's the thing: I might say one more time or one more thing, but I say it once. You know, but here's the thing that's ironic: is I hang up on anybody for the fact that that we're even hearing some of these people say one more time for the for the fifth time. It's kind of bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Steve, hang up with the, the guy. You're not, you know, we know you're not straight to. He doesn't do that very often. No. You know what? Hey. Go ahead, Daniel. If, if, if people have a problem with it, then they need to point at Steve. He's the one that lets these things go. He's the one that lets them call in. He's been doing his show for 100 years, and it's part of what he does. So if you got a problem with it, 
then talk to Steve about it. Yeah, he's, it, the, he's the one who allows it. And I think he does let some callers go too long. They ramble on. Like last week, there was a caller. He was getting some out of it, though. This caller had some uh, Starbucks. Starbucks memorabilia. So he, he didn't yeah. care what the guy said. But, yeah, I think sometimes he lets the, the, the calls go too long. And it's funny because he hangs up on Skippy every single time. doesn't matter what Skippy says. Skippy gets hung up on. Uh, but it's Steve's show. Um, real quick, I want to touch on my rant just a little bit, uh, Daniel. So I called in because I've been getting a lot of negativity, people bitching about the wrap-up show. And then I touched on some stuff that had to do with press conferences. Um, basically, my, I said, um, I really don't care if people like when I call. Well, the big thing was guys have been saying, why does Darkseid call into your show, Steve, when he has his own show? Um, and I said, you know, I call him because I like to, and I really don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. Um, as long as Steve lets me call in, I'm going to call in. That was one of my points. Uh, my other one was I'm sick of the people on, uh, YouTube. When you look at the press conferences, all these keyboard warriors that say, Oh, these guys ask the worst questions. These are the dumbest questions. These are so unprofessional. I'm like, I would love to know what genius questions these guys would ask that Weege and Guy B and Steve and Cooksey never think of, but the writers would actually answer. I would love to know what this shit is. Um, That shit drives me crazy. I got it all figured out. I got it all figured out. Okay. Tell me. As we... You know, we talked earlier. It's a traveling circus. There's people. These people. It's a family. Yeah. Sure, there's there, there's the cousin you might not like, but damn it, you know he's at Thanksgiving. So, with that being said, we get the most lamest question. Like, you I must have felt good coming. Uh, coming You're breaking up, Brandon. Yeah. Back. You're breaking up. Uh, can, how about now? You're good. So, like, you know, Eli must have felt good coming from the back of the pack. Of course it did. You. That's a so the fact that you and Kiefer actually asked a real question, people got all butthurt. It's 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 pathetic, you know. Like it's a traveling circus. I hate yeah. to say it, but it is. Well, Daniel, you're part of the press conferences at Supercross. You have to go in there. You're the first one to ask the questions after a race to each of the the riders, and you have to somewhat touch on the event that night. Sometimes the questions are. You know, they have to be a little bit generic, like, oh, how was that pass? We saw this pass, you know, you know, whatever. you you got to ask about the race. But, I mean, am I wrong? Is my rant wrong about, like, shut, shut the fuck up, basically? Well, you're talking to someone who has been blasted in YouTube comments from the press conference going on two and a half years now. True. So for the people that leave comments, especially negative ones, you could take a wild guess on my stance on those people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I could care less what those idiots say. Um, and as far as ask, asking the dumb questions, I mean, yeah, I, I've seen races where there's been some dumb questions asked. There's, I mean, honestly, there's been a few nights this year in Supercross or last year, even in the outdoors, where not much goes down to where there's not really anything to ask them juicy other than, hey, I, you know, even I've had some. I've had some nights where I tell Sean Brennan because Sean wants me to ask, provoking questions early, get these guys warmed up, loosen them up, get them primed up for the press conference. And there's been nights where I've told them, I said, dude, there is nothing legit to ask. I would be reaching. So I'll right. say, hey, kind of take us through your night, and I'll let them kind of give an evaluation. And then you guys be able to poke around a little bit. But some nights there's nothing really to ask. It's just nothing happened dramatic. There's no whatever. And even those nights, we try to find ways to make it fun. I had you that one night ask, 
if he had his 450 deal signed yet. Remember how he looked at you with, like, deer in the headlights? Yeah. Even mm-hmm. though his deal was done, which made you look like you asked a dumb question, even though I gave it to you and you were right. Yeah, I've never told anybody uh, that. that. That's that's breaking yeah. news right here. That was fed to me. <laughs> yeah, I did that, and I told Darkside, I said, dude, I can't be the one to ask that in the host chair, but ask that. Adam literally asked, dude, he was so shocked that that was asked and then acted so funny about it, and I'm watching him going, dude, Adam, knock it off. And I got in trouble for that. By who? Dude, and and that's, that's lame that you got. Whoa, 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 by who? Uh, well, Kawasaki wasn't happy oh, okay. with me, and then Sean, oh, wow. Sean, okay, so I still never asked Sean if he was joking, but he pulled me to the side afterwards, and he said, when you ask questions, you need to make sure you have your facts straight. Okay, well, I mean, it, it was a question about a rumor. Yeah, uh, yeah. The rumor was true. He was smiling. Uh, he was smiling when he said it, so he may have just been kind of messing with me. I don't know. Probably was. Um, but, yeah, th- those press conferences are difficult. I mean, and, and for people that are freaking out and acting like, ah, go watch an NBA or an NFL one with these unbelievably rich, super popular athletes with real, like, gnarly credentialed media from the New York Times and USA Today, they ask some of the stupidest questions I've ever heard. And these are the most professional journalists asking mm-hmm. the most professional athletes in the world. So don't just calm down on our sport and the journalists and the writers. And we're doing our best, man. We're talking about a bunch of writers who just got done performing. They're not in a mood to really give you all the information because they haven't even processed it themselves. And the journalists are prying and doing the best that they can. And yeah, maybe some people don't have the best tactic, and maybe some people are incredible at it. Weege, obviously, is, I mean, he's, like, really, really, really good at it. Yeah. So don't don't hold everyone to Weege's standard, because Weege can ask very complicated, deep questions, because he's at that level in the sport. So, uh, in, in other words, I'm sorry I'm rambling on, but if no, you're a fine. YouTube commenter, just shut the hell up. You're, <laughs> you're a complete idiot. That's all I have to say. Yeah. And whatever, I don't care, and I'm sure I'll get negative comments to this, and I will go on, go along, not giving a shit like I haven't for two and a half years. Because you people out there that are negative on message boards and in comment boards, you're idiots. So well, you got to remember yeah, too, any idiot, any Daniel, anyone who goes out of their way, like any review, no one, no one goes on to say, "Hey, you did a great job." It's only people only take the energy if they're pissed off or, or negative about right. something. So just. Who cares? All right. go. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna move on. Hey, the the last the segment. Final final thing. Okay. The dumbest people are always the loudest. True. Okay. Uh, True. Fair enough. All right. The last segment of the show was really just Steve and Kyle and uh, Kenny talking about RCH and the industry and uh, really a lot of good insider stuff. I want to touch on a couple things before we get to our BTO hot takes. One of the topics was. Um, Trainers and agents, basically, um, they got into this discussion. Uh, Steve saying, "Hey, there's agents who are also roofers." He was basically just making a comparison, like they're not professional agents; they're they're buddies. They're taking five to seven percent, plus they want ten percent of the bonuses. Uh, you know, Kyle says, "You know, if you're my agent, he said, go out and get a. Uh, this is a word I didn't know before, but a no endemic sponsor. So basically, a sponsor that's not inside the industry already." He said, if you could do that, I'll give you 20%. But they discussed this whole topic of these these agents and not really being very professional. They're poaching other sponsors to become, you know, rider sponsors, um, guys, sponsors that are already in the industry. They're not really going outside of the industry any. 
this carries into Steve saying, how, how does our sport lose some of these sponsors? Like in the past, we've had big sponsors, whether it be Sprint or, uh, you know, Bud Light or whatever, all these big time sponsors, they come, they go, they don't stick around. Um, Kyle says, it's crazy. We can't bring outside sponsors and we have somebody like Kerry Hart and Ricky Carmichael involved. Uh, and then Kenny says, Hey, some of it was our fault. Um, you know, when, with, within the business side, uh, Daniel, you've been involved probably from all sides of this. You, you have a, you, you've been a professional racer. You have a show, you're in the industry. What do you think about all that, that, that topic? Um, that's a pretty layered question and there's a lot of layers to the answer too, but the, the truth of the matter is, is most of these riders probably at the size of our sport could be handling a lot of their own deals inside the sport themselves. I don't see why a rider, a, a top factory rider needs an agent to go land them their factory deal. They talk to these people all day long. I mean, whatever. But again, the riders aren't the best communicators. They're not the best negotiators. So I understand why they do reach out. Um, but a lot of the agents, a lot of people that they do bring in don't know anybody outside the sport, and it's hard to go in and get money from people that you don't know. Right. So they all kind of just vulture off of the same sponsors and same deals. Every once in a while, somebody brings in a big one, and it doesn't last. And I don't think it's any fault of, in the sports. I mean, Discount Tire was a big sponsor, and then they had a change in management. And yeah. the new manager wanted nothing to do with Supercross because he didn't care about it, and he probably wouldn't spend all their money on horse racing or something stupid. I, who knows? But... The problem with our sport is, is everybody is trying to pick apart all the sponsors inside. The only ones that really have the capabilities to go outside aren't really doing it because they're the ones dominating inside. So it's it's just a vicious circle of inexperienced agents that don't know anybody outside or really experienced agents that don't really want to go outside because there's money inside that they can just take from everybody. So um, I, I don't really think it's that broken. It's more just a reflection of, I guess, where we're at size-wise. And it's 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 not as big of a deal. I, I, I get where Steve's coming from. I mean, I've, I've had talks with agents before. I've had talks with team managers and big money sponsors. I've, I've been in some of these talks before, and it's a lot more complicated than people think. But that's yeah. my overall opinion is that the big dog agents, there's no need to go get the money outside when they can take all the money inside. And the guy's buddy who is also an agent, I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm one. I, I helped Jacob Hayes out. I am <laughs> right, not an right. agent. I am not qualified. I but am you're not, not taking ten percent. I'm sure. Deal. I'm making zero percent. He's my friend, but yeah. yes, I'm helping him with the communication, and ultimately, all of his deals are him. He lands them. I just help him along the way and help him communicate. But that's where the sport is. You have a writer at his level that has his buddy helping him because that's the level he's at, and, if, and no big name agent would want to take him on. Um, and if he did get good enough to where he had one, it would be the exact same thing. They would just poach from inside the industry, and no one would bring anything from outside. It's just that's just where the sport is right now, and it's yeah, it's a little silly, but it's where it is. Raining yellow. Steve has said for oh. years, you know, like our sport is what it is. Uh, he's not surprised yeah. by this yeah. stuff. But this inside discussion that Kenny and um, Kyle discussing. RCH and how the sponsor deals came together, how they you know Soaring Eagle pulled out, all that stuff. Um, Kenny talking about kind of getting pushed to the side. They, them telling the you know telling Kenny that hey you, you know some of these companies don't like dealing with you or whatever, and him feeling like he wasn't part of it, uh, and eventually just not caring anymore. I mean he had, he was pretty open about that. He discussed being depressed once mm-hmm. RCH folded. That whole topic was really. 
interesting, very inside. I felt like uh, Kenny and Kyle were very open and honest about it. What did you think about all that discussion? I learned a lot about Kenny, and, and I give the guy all the credit in the world uh, because he made himself vulnerable. Vulnerable. There we go. On that episode, uh, I mean, seriously, the guy talked about wanting to, you know, was at the point of you know committing suicide. Yeah, he did discuss that. So. Um, I could see how people didn't want to deal with him, and, and he mentions the. Let's face it; as much as the real Kenny Watson we do like, the, the, the Kenny Watson at face value is is freaking nuts, right? Yeah. If you're a business guy, you're going to Kenny Watson. You're thinking, "What the fuck is this? Who is this?" So I get that. So uh, I, I appreciate Kenny's uh, honesty and just. And just revealing his, his true emotions at, at that point. I yeah. thought that was pretty real. I did too. All right, last last thing, and we're going to get to our BTO hot takes, are the BTO tweet of Travis. There was one in particular that I really enjoyed. I think Daniel liked this one. Um, somebody tweets, you know, to everybody, who's the most punk rock rider now and of <laughs> all time? Um, Kyle Bentley doesn't get this question at all. But um, Steve says currently Jason Anderson – Kyle says currently Roxon because he didn't get the question. Um, Kenny says Deegan of, was all time, and then they also mentioned Brian Swink. Um, I, I, I think this is a pretty entertaining question, so I want to get, even though I'm not supposed to get anybody's opinions, we're going to do the show the way I want to do it. Yeah. Daniel, um, who was the most punk rock rider of all time, and currently today, who's the most punk rock rider? Um, if you want to be fair about it, the most punk rock rocker writer was probably me. I was actually in a punk rock band, so I think I win that one. Just uh, being silly, uh, Deegan for sure. I mean, Deegan is—he is punk rock. Just his person who talked to him for ten minutes. He is punk rock. And as far as now, nobody. <laughs> Dude, Jason Anderson. I love Jason, but oh my god, you hear the crap music he listens to and likes and does. He's not punk rock. What's the zero team pride stuff? Oh, uh, that's him and his buddies being funny. But no, he he, he, he does his own music. He, I think, stoners. That, that's stoner stuff, right? Um, yeah, but at the same, I mean, no I, I think that's the joke. That's the joke about it. I mean, yeah, Jason well, Anderson is not a stoner. Let's just put it that way. I know him well enough right. to know that he's a he's a professional athlete. And if you know this sport as well as we all do, it's the most demanding sport in the world. And for him to yeah. be the way he is, there's no possible way. So, right. people like in your in your creativity in your mind, you can kind of simmer down he's not a stoner um <laughs> but but at the same time if you're back to the question i don't know maybe adam cincerello he likes blink 182 that's probably well, about as see, punk rock as any of these writers Daniel, are you're, so. you're taking the question literal literal like kyle bentley did i think they mean more like just breaking the rules like not giving enough see like jason Hanson. lawrence jason lawrence is who came to mind for me of all oh, time oh, if it's if it's punk rock as far as like defying authority and yes. not giving an f yes then it's ron lachine in the old school, and Jason Lawrence in the in the sort of old school, and in current turn, in current, it'd be Stank Dog probably. I mean, Stank Dog, J Law, Ron Machine. There are yeah. the three. Yeah, I think it was more of uh, the 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 punk rock attitude of not giving an F was the what what was meant uh-huh. by it. So, Rainy Yellow, uh, uh, what do you I think? think? You're forgetting those guys. I think Daniel's forgetting though. You know, I love Stank Dog. Don't get me wrong. I think the other guys have a little more credit <laughs> to their belt. Uh, 
I, I know Shank okay. Dunk well enough to know to tell you in real life he's more punk rock than than anyone else we've named. I'll tell you that right, right. now. Oh, I'm sure in the re- in the real world. So, uh, oh. but I know what you're saying at the at the level, the credentialed level of being like a top guy, but. Hey, in this sport, having a big following is just as important as getting results. And Thank God right up there. Absolutely. All right, let's get to our BTO hot takes. Um, Raining Yellow, I'm going to let you go first. With with Supercross having all this, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Supercross did the whole makeup to mud thing, and, and man, it, and I get it. It's Toyota. You know, I get it. It's it's, it's money. But they made us aware of these, these females. Hannah Hot is, is trying to qualify, you know, from, like, what? I don't give a shit what tire so and so's doing in practice. Like, where's where's that coverage? Well, yeah, they're they're, they're not covering Jordan Jarvis very much, or other well, other than yeah. the makeup to mud. There, there's not a lot of coverage of any privateers or amateurs. You know, they don't. That's just not where they focus their attention. And, I don't think. And how do we do the sports focusing on these people that are actually spending their own money and actually yeah. Your your phone's breaking up again, real bad. But. <laughs> Uh, hey Daniel, what's your yes. Daniel? What's your BTO hot take? Uh, let's go. Uh, let's go. Alex Martin wins Millville, <laughs> and let's go. Eli Tomac has a DNF in the next four motos. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, that would, that'd tighten some while. things up. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> All Are right. You, you know, here's here's a quick hot take to Dark Side. Okay. Why do we still expect Tomac? Why are we still scratching our heads and expect, you know, with, and confused with this Tomac hot, cold? Like, dude, like, have we not realized this is the trend? So that's my hot take. We should stop yeah. being surprised and by it. Everyone acts like Eli's inconsistent. He is the most consistent. <laughs> right. He's the opposite. being inconsistent. It, it's literally, uh, yeah, it is. He's very consistent at being inconsistent. So, yeah. It's, uh, and that's why I'm saying, yeah, people need the, the question of what's going on with Eli needs to never be asked again. It, it is yeah. what it is. They should know. Absolutely. Yep. All right, guys, that is a wrap on the wrap-up show for Episode 392. I'm Dark Side for the Moto X-Pod Show. I want to thank Daniel Blair from Main Event Moto, Eagle Grit, Supercross, uh, you know, Lights, Arena Cross champion. I want to thank Raining Yellow, and I want to thank Snap-On Dan for coming on, saving the day when Daniel Blair ghosted us early in the show. Guys, appreciate thank, it. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Hey, you, you, I, go ahead. You never even asked me what happened. Well, you said you didn't want to talk about it. I don't, but you, I, okay, I'm just all right. Yeah, before we started recording, I'm going to ask you off air. Trust me, I'm going to get with you here in a minute. But I, you said before we went on, you didn't want to talk about it, so I let it go. And that's, I, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did did uh, you know? Did it have anything to do with Evan and amateur training? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to find out what happened. But as of now, that is a wrap for episode 392. Thanks to Steve Mathis and Pulpamex for allowing me to do this. And we'll be back uh, not next week. There's no show next week. So everybody that hates the wrap up show, you get a week break. You won't have to be, you won't be forced to have it downloaded on your phone and not listen. That's it. I'm Dark Side. We're out of here. Why would you want to re talk about the Pulp Show?
Sweet to me.